Welcome to Roof to Curb, the foodie of home. So we're talking custom one. We're going to talk all things home, including roofs to curb to excavating to appliances today. Uh, custom one homes, remodeling, exteriors, and landscaping. So we have two special guests from All Link today. We've got Ross Anello, Director of Sales. Been there for a while. Welcome, Ross. Thanks, Thanks. for coming out. Yeah, happy to be here. Michelle Hanan, Area Sales Manager. So uh, Ross, you're the you're the big dog in the the pyramid chain of All Inc. So why don't you start and introduce yourself and what's your history of All Inc. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> so Ross and Yellow, and you know I've been with All Inc. for going on 14 years now. I started with the company just hustling on a daily basis. I I entered just to call on builders. That's what I did. Uh, All Inc. was trying to expand their market share, and I just picked up the phone, started calling. And since then, it's just been kind of a progression into what I do now, which is still largely involved in the builder market, but then also involved in other areas of our business with operations, running our sales team, the books, you know, kind of everything yeah. top to bottom. How many years have you been there, Ross? 14. 14. 14 so years. Seen a little change in that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Seen a lot of change. And prior to that, I was in the construction industry selling custom closets. So, I mean, pretty much my entire professional career has been in the construction industries. Yeah, that's great. And then uh, we got a newbie with All Inc. a little bit here Woo. with Michelle, right? So two-year newbie. Yeah. yeah. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Michelle Hannanen. Um, I've been in the industry since 2006, straight out of college. Uh, I started the competition. I was selling plumbing, lighting, and dabbling in appliances. And now I'm fully into appliances. Um, learning a ton. I saw a void, like as far as the role that I was entering, I saw a void in the industry I, with customer service and follow-up and had a lot of feedback. So I was like, you know, I feel like this is something that I could do. I think this is something I could excel in, like literally answering my phone and getting people the answers to the questions that they have and resolving their problems faster. Because when you are spending the insane amount of money that you are on these appliance packages, that's what you need. That's what you want. Like, and in the life that we live in, people want it immediately. So that's what I'm here for. Yeah, and that's it's great. It's been fun. Yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll break down appliances quite a bit today, and you know, the show really, you know, roof to curb. We're really talking to the consumer a lot of trying to educate them, let them behind the curtain, if you will, and trying to connect them just so they can make uh, best decisions possible when they go out on their journey of you know renovation or, or new construction. So, um, all link, Ross, you've been there 14 years. Uh, the company's been around. It's been kind of a staple of St. Paul, Minnesota. Maybe give some history just to what All Inc. is and where did it start. And um, there's this man that started this company and said he wanted to sell some appliances. And he had some pretty strong competitors in St. Paul at that. For sure. So, for sure. Um, and I, I have most of these details. There might be a couple that I'm off on because uh, I wasn't part of the family that started it. But I'm I'm pretty close here. So Sherman Rutzik started actually doing vending machines in St. Paul. This was pre-All Inc. So he used to have like an ice cream shop on the side of the road. Then he started in vending machines. What, what do you think What do you think was in the vending machine in the six? Was it like a goo-goo cluster? I mean, what, what, what was it? Right? Probably cigarettes. Who knows? Yeah. You know, at that point, I don't even know. <laughs> what, what, what was, was it Laffy Taffy? What, what High was margin. It? That's all that matters. Yeah. Right? 
Um, I would have loved to see the face of the vending machine. It wasn't a face at that point, no. right? It was just no. in a box, and you hit a button. And, and it's probably five cents. Yeah. Pez candy came out. You know, who knows? Yeah. But uh, so, <clears throat> but uh, when All Inc. started, it was all stood for apartment laundry leasers. Sure. So today, a lot of people think that all is just that we sell it all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We sell appliances. We sell countertops. We sell cabinets. We do everything in the kitchen. So a lot of people yeah. just assume that all is like, oh, they sell it all. But all was originally apartment laundry leasers. But that explains your your stronghold in the multifamily world, right? Exactly. Because it started there. Exactly. It was it was actually a very nat- uh, natural but driven progression because basically what happened is the company was leasing laundry to apartment buildings. Then they formed relationships with the apartment buildings and yeah. started selling them appliances for their apartment replacement business, and which is still a business that we're huge in today. But the refrigerator goes out, the range goes out, they need a new one. So we had the relationship because we were supplying the coin-operated laundry, started selling them appliances. And in the very beginning, we're talking like one brand. I think GE was our first brand. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so we just had one thing to offer them. But then that just naturally progressed because we had the relationship. Then we had the relationship with the property manager to sell them the laundry. Huh. Then we got the relationship with the developers who were building the buildings. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think back into you know the 50s and 60s. So the Twin Cities market, you're looking at some very large suburbs yeah. that were born in that time frame, mm-hmm. right? So all these apartments and rentals are booming plus laundry mats. I mean, exactly. Sherman was a genius. Yeah, right. And then. Uh, you know, so the, the appliance world is kind of divided up between like retail and box stores and builder distributors and we're a builder distributor. So essentially what that means, and there's more to it is that we sell to the builder markets. So we entered the market as a builder distributor and started supplying those multifamily buildings with their new appliances sometime around then. And I actually don't know exactly when it was that, uh, Mark Rutzik and his brother, Jim entered the business, but those were Sherman's sons. Yeah. And they started working that market to start supplying more and more appliances to apartment replacement and to yeah. multifamily. So, you know, I've met Mark before. I haven't met the other brother, but my guess is they're born in the 40s or 50s. Yeah. Right? Yep, that'd be about right. So they enter into probably the 70s, mm-hmm. maybe 60s, 70s. Yeah. And then they come in and what happens to all link? Well, I mean... Essentially, we kept on growing from there. We really became a substantial and dominant player in the market, specifically for apartment replacement, laundry leasing, and then new construction multifamily. That started to progress into supplying to multifamily buildings was actually very similar to supplying to like large track home builders. And just to your point before, Suburbs started to explode, more and more track home builders. So we started to get involved in that market of supplying to uh, single family home builders there where we kind of always had a gap was in the luxury markets. Sure. Right. Because that's, it's kind of a different, uh, it's a different segment. They're different brands that you go in. We used to talk about like the big three, which was like Whirlpool, GE, um, Frigidaire. So here's kind of a question. Orrin, Orrin Thompson, right? Mm-hmm. Orrin Thompson built a lot of homes in the Twin Cities market. Was that a client of all Inc.? You know what? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Wensman Homes sure. would be a good example. Yeah. You bet. But, um, going back, uh, Ryland 
would be an example of going back. Um, but you're going back, <clears throat> you're, you're predating my time to yeah. all link with some of that stuff. And what I, what I skipped in there is that then later on in that, and this is, goes back to probably about 20 years ago. Now, Ryan Rutzik, who was Mark's son, entered the business. Sure. And Ryan stepped in and started off in the apartment replacement market. But where we really saw substantial growth in the multifamily industry was when Ryan started working on that market. So you kind of had this generational change of grandpa was um, laundry leasers. Sure. Next generation was apartment replacement. Yeah. Next generation was multifamily and then continued to grow into the single family and where we are now. So what do you think Ryan would fill the vending machine full of versus Sherman? <laughs> I think there's a difference there. Is protein Ryan, bars. Yeah, is Ryan heavy protein bar guy? Or is he, he, mixing he likes Skittles, to work out. Mixing Skittles <laughs> yeah. a little bit, you think? <laughs> so, cool. Um, yeah, talk about you, you guys. Uh, All Inc. was purchased as well a couple of years back. Maybe talk about that transition, maybe just how the culture's changed and the history of, of how that in, has impacted the business. Yeah, for sure. So... Uh, a little bit before we got there, so I, you know, this is probably probably about like 15, 16 years ago. They actually uh, all Inc. sold off all of that coin-operated laundry leasing program, and then we're solely focused on supplying new appliances to those builder segments. Um, when when I entered the business is when we started getting more involved into that luxury market, and uh, that's also the time that Sherman passed away, mm. so he was no longer in the business at just a few years after that, uh, Ryan Rutzik bought out his uncle, Jim. So at that point, it was Mark Rutzik and Jim yeah. Rutzik who owned so, the business. So father-son. Father-son deal running the business forward. And then it was 2021 that All Inc. sold, Mark and Ryan sold, to BMD, which is okay. Builder Material Distributors. Yeah, large large company in the... United States, right? Yep. That's buying a lot of companies and buying a lot of companies specifically focused on the builder industries. And that was something that was huge to to Mark and Ryan is that, you know, they didn't really want to go private equity. They wanted to go with a group that was going to really continue to drive the business forward mm -hmm. um, and understand the mindset of how the business was built. Because what BMD does is they only own businesses that focus on the building markets. And the way that we sell to our customers at All Inc. is different than a retail mind and um, that it was really important when they were selling the business that they were going to understand that and carry on the name going forward with that same mentality. Sure. Uh, and, and one of the really cool things for us is that... And, this spans throughout our organization is that BMD is an employee owned company. So we're an ESOP. There's not, you know, we have, I, I think we have like 39 locations around the country. We only have two appliance companies, but we do a lot of windows. We do a lot of doors, mm -hmm. cabinets, moldings, lighting, all kinds of things in various areas. Um, but every one of those employees is an owner of BMD as a whole, not yeah, just so all link, but BMD as a whole. Mindset's a little different with that, right? It really has. Uh, it, it really is. And it really has been really cool to see the company culture mm -hmm. and how that's changed being an employee-owned company. And my one of my best examples is like our warehouse employees and our drivers, like they have so wholeheartedly embraced the fact that they are an owner of this business. Mm -hmm. So 
everything that they do now, like they walk around proud and also for our business and our business's success, they care a lot more, honestly, about like, did I damage that? Is this customer going to be happy? Because they truly take ownership as though like, this is mine. And that's been the coolest thing to see throughout all levels of our business. Um, and it's it's really fun to be a part of. It really is. Roof to Curb Podcast, sponsored by Duke Cannon. Don't trust your mutton chops and mustaches to just any brand. Duke Cannon Supply Company makes hardworking grooming products for hardworking guys, and their products will help you keep your facial hair in championship form. From their beard wash and balms to beard oil, they have your back and your face covered. Duke Cannon, work harder, smell better. Stock up on DukeCannon.com and use Beard10 for 10% off your next order. Duke Cannon is an official partner of the Minnesota Wild. There's there's a lot of competitors in the market, right? Some focus maybe a little bit more on consumer sales. You guys definitely have a stronghold on the, the builder community and how to service a builder is very different than how to service Mr. and Mrs. Smith originally that comes into the store, right? So you guys go about that a little differently. Michelle, you want to just talk about that experience that maybe a client would get coming into All Inc. And, and let alone working with a builder that's trying to help guide them as well. Sure. So based on our location, everything, and the fact that we're in St. Paul, we have one location. Mm-hmm. So we know that our competition has several. So we have to step up our game. We not only have to have the absolute best staff, we have to have the best service. We have to have the greatest showroom. Um, we have one of the largest showrooms from here to the West Coast. And for someone that hasn't seen it, you're like, okay, it's another appliance place. No, you can literally see everything. We have working kitchens. We have demonstrations. So we really are a notch above the rest, in my opinion. And then I would say what we offer, it's not, we're not, you know, it's a sale this weekend. You have to buy it in two days. Yeah. We're going to let you take your time. We want you to select the absolute best appliance for your home or appliances because you're going to have these for a very, very long time. I'm going to be here for years and years to come. When you come back or when you send people our way, you're not meeting with a new person. You're meeting with me. This is a girl that sold to us. If you're unhappy, I want to change that. So I do feel like we care more, I would say, about our customers, both the builder and the end user, because that is sure. that is our repeat business of builders, and we want to make you happy. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, let's talk a little bit about history of appliances. So... Ross, Michelle, like I said, you guys have been around. You've seen a lot of a lot of companies, a lot of companies that come up, right? There's new brands that get formed, and there's also some brands that have been around for a long time and really good at what they do. Maybe just talk about. Um, let's start with colors, right? We always joke about the, the green appliances. What were what were some of the colors back in the day, Ross? What have you seen through the the Rutzik family, maybe? Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest change was when things went from. It didn't even really used to be white. It used to be almond or bisque. Sure. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was pr- that that was actually what the most popular was. And there was black and then there was black and then there was almond and then there was black and white. And Did like, white cost more than almond or almond more than white? Uh, uh, white uh, I, you know, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> even when I started 14-ish years ago, it was like a unicorn if you had somebody calling in for a bisque appliance at that point. Yeah. So, um, so I'm, I'm guessing that they were pretty similar. If I had to make an assumption, uh, you know, and then and then stainless entered the market. Yeah. Right? And it's actually it's kind of funny looking back on it because like it used to be that stainless was a premium. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it today, 
stainless black, white. In some cases, the black and the white cost more mm-hmm. than a stainless, but it's just become the standard. But beyond that, like, you know, there were uh, like green. There was, it was a big, I'm going to call it a fad, but now it's kind of back, is that laundry was, you would walk in and you'd see a red washer and dryer uh, or a blue one. And uh, there was really one brand that was driving most of that. And that was probably a little bit over 10 years ago that that was pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of faded away. And yeah, it didn't like, last very long. Well, yep. and that's, there And there are definitely, there's other things that are like that too, but even just for laundry, it faded away. Everybody went to, you either sell white or some version of a black stainless something. Some yeah. companies would call it graphite, graphite. or whatever yeah. else, right? Yeah. But it's like a dark stainless color. But now, now we're actually seeing that colors are getting reintroduced in the laundry sure. market by some brands. Yeah, and you, you know, you went to this phase of built-in laundry as well, mm-hmm. right? Laundry used to just be kind of a standalone, it was down in a basement, mm-hmm. or you know, now now these these laundry rooms are in these unbelievable spaces that might multitask as an office. They might multitask as you know a rear entry and a mm-hmm. locker space and a craft room, and mm-hmm. you just see a lot of different things going on. Uh, but, well, and like I mean, think about this, and this goes to some of the homes that you build, like. Every home used to have one laundry room. Mm-hmm. Like we've we've done houses that have eight laundry rooms with no exaggeration, and it's entirely not uncommon to have two laundry rooms. Oh, so sure, yeah. especially when we for your lakeside, poolside, all these other you know you got a lot of towels going on or um, the stackables that are in you know primaries or master type situations. Yeah, and that's you know the the color thing is one thing. Like because now. Uh, now you also have um, the designer ranges, yeah. What? Where which has been furniture pieces, yeah. Right? It's right? real. It's been right. a really popular trend, and there used to only be a couple brands that did it, yeah. and they were hugely expensive. And now there's more and more brands that are entering, saying, "Hey, we can make something look pretty too. You can have any color you want." Yeah, I, yeah. I would say ranges are are like buying a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Ranges it's like jewelry, cooking devices. Yeah. You know, jewelry, furniture, mm-hmm. and and the capabilities. We'll get into that in a little bit. But um, Raj talked about colors. What's the hot color of appliances outside of stainless right now? If you're going to sell an appliance, and people are like, nope, I want the hottest color. I, I don't care if it's trend or not. I want this shiny new color that nobody's got. What would it be? Um, you know, if you want to look at what's sold more than other things as a hot would be like a matte black range. Okay. You know, okay. that's that's probably the hottest. And interestingly, the hottest color is no color at all and doing panel-ready everything and yeah. making it disappear. Yeah, built in. And yeah. that's been a huge transition from exactly what you're saying to of this stands out mm-hmm. to now this disappears. Yeah, blends. Yeah. And then you get into the whole pantry side of it and, you know, butlers, you know, kitchens and those kind of things. So... Michelle, we let Ross talk colors. Let's talk features. Sure. So let's talk about what, what features were back in the day outside of uh, you turned a knob and it got hot, right? Oh, God, so, you're taking me back. I've only been in appliances <laughs> two years. So when you were not born, yeah. what were the trends that were going on? <laughs> oh, God. Ross, help. Yeah. So so refrigeration was pretty straightforward, right? Yep. And then there's the evolution of probably you got water out of a refrigerator. Then you got ice out of a refrigerator or a freezer. Versus using the tray. Right. Yep. So that was a big deal. What was the 
What, what else happened? Cooking? Cooking-wise, cooking right? I mean, it wasn't, you know, just your electric or gas induction has picked up significantly. Not just because, you know, the government's going to show up at your house apparently and take your gas away, but yeah. it's faster. It's very efficient. It's safer. You're um, talking induction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So induction ranges have come to the market and taken a very large portion of them. How, how often are you seeing a consumer come in and say, I'm, I'm going to induction here? I'd need, say at least 40%. So that's a pretty yeah. big number. And that's that's grown, right? Yeah. So it was pretty small 10 yeah. years ago, right? And just, I think because it's the USA, our spaces are getting larger, adding things on such as ice makers, dishwasher drawers, because you can't just have one dishwasher because we want to be able to do them at different times or different yeah. cycles. Um I think you just, you nailed a point. So U.S. cooking, right, versus yeah. European cooking in the space, the size, right? So 30 inch or smaller, 24, yep. right, cooking device right? versus a 30, 36, 42, 48, 60. 60. Like mammoth of a, a machine, right? Totally. You know, what is a, what is a 60 inch cooking device cost I mean, these days? You're, depending on if it's, I mean, dual fuel, you're over... Ten to twelve thousand dollars easily. Yeah, yeah, and up, right? Yeah, can you absolutely. Hit, can you hit twenty grand? Oh yeah, yeah, easy. easily, right? And but again, of- to like the people that entertain, that's not like they don't even think about it because this is their baby. This is something that they enjoy so much, and like having, you know, now our kitchens are literally where everyone hangs out. It's not right. in the family room or living room anymore. Everyone's at the island. So a 60-inch device gets you two full-size ovens mm-hmm. and eight burners? Yep. Right? Or you could do... That's a lot of mac and cheese. Yeah, a griddle. That is a lot of mac and cheese. <laughs> a lot of frozen pizzas yeah. and mac and cheese there. That's a lot of tombstones. <laughs> yeah. You know, edgies. <laughs> but they're going to come out really good. Yeah. What, yeah. What, the best of the best. Michelle, if you were cooking on a device like that, what would you? what would Michelle cook? You don't want to ask me. I mean, it's going to be mac and cheese don't and whatnot. Burn, burn I, as water. long as I have a recipe, like, I'm good. Okay. I'm definitely not the gourmet chef, though. Ross, Life is Ross too is chaotic. a little foodie, isn't he? He likes to eat the food. I generally prefer you. You know what? I actually, I don't cook that much, but it's it's actually, it's it's impressive how much I've learned about cooking from being in this yeah. industry. Yeah, so, sure. And, uh, and and you've got to have some pretty good food. Because you're darn right. Industry, yes, right? <laughs> you're darn right. Which is awesome. Yeah. So no, I, I do enjoy the cook. Yeah, food cooking. food does taste different coming off of certain appliances. You know, and it's especially when the chef's involved. Yeah, the chef is really. <laughs> they make it the easier now, though. You don't like, have to be a chef. Yeah. Like I can stick exactly. in my probe, and it you literally hit a button, and it says Great you're segue. good. That's, Stick it on this that's the difference today. Totally. Sometimes. So here we go, right? What's different in appliances? Probes. Probes. What does a probe do, Michelle? So you can literally put it in any type of meat, and it's going to tell you, like, this is the exact temperature that you want at this time. Yeah. And now we even have apps. So you can be sitting outside having a cocktail with your friends on the deck, and, oh, my food's done. And with some of them, you can even see a picture to see how done it is, or do you want to leave it in a little bit longer and you don't even have to leave? So, all right, so I'm the novice. I buy a 10-pound prime rib, and I want to really impress some people, right? Prime rib, like dangerous, right? Dangerous to make. So do it, throw a probe in it, set your temp, <clears throat> set your time. And it. The, I got the app. It, it beeps at me, and it's done. But I got a lot of things that aren't done yet. 
and I got I got to get some potatoes going. I got to get you know whatever else you know get the corn going, whatever it is, right? Yep. And uh, what what are some of the things that cooking devices now do with probes that make you that professional chef? So where I'm going with it is, you put the probe in, you cook it, timer goes off. Does the oven just keep baking at 400? No, it can leave it there for you, so it's not going to scorch your food. Or some will very, very minutely open to let go of some of the heat until you are ready for that. So it becomes a warming drawer almost, or yeah. a warming device, right? So your your food doesn't get overcooked, and you don't pull it out like the Grinch uh, roast beef, right? It's all that. Even that's different, though. Like, yeah. I didn't have a, a glide rack when I had my range, and now yeah. I'm like, oh, you don't have to burn your hand to take your food out? Well, this is amazing. Right. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's pretty great to where cooking has become where, you know, you don't have to go out to the $400 dinner to get that quality of food anymore, totally. right? So, um, how about refrigeration? What's, what's new in refrigeration? Has that really changed as, you know, I mean, the aesthetics, the performance, what's, what's different, Ross? Uh, yeah, it has. So as things have become more sophisticated for lack of a better word, and we've under gained a better understanding of what makes food last longer, the technology in refrigeration has changed. So you're telling me in refrigeration, uh, you buy grocery and it lasts longer based on the product. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Or the or the brand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Technology uh, of the product. Yeah. Essentially how it's built. Right. So like at to to way oversimplify this, what makes food go bad is temperature swings and humidity swings. Okay. That's what makes food go bad. Yeah. And it is a substantial and notable difference if you can keep a food in the refrigerator refrigerator at a consistent temperature and a consistent humidity. And that's kind of hard when you're opening and closing the refrigerator. Bingo. Bingo. So <clears throat> as you go up in lines of refrigeration, so to speak, and in brands, when you get to brands that have dual compressors and dual con evaporators, and I know that sounds heady, but essentially what that means is that the refrigerator has its own temperature and humidity control, and the freezer has its own separate temperature and humidity control. Because what a more... Is, is, is that the high end? Is that the luxury product yes. that you're speaking of? Okay. Yes. So you're doubling in the price, tripling, quadrupling even, depending on what products you're comparing. But what a more basic unit does is it has a compressor that makes the freezer cold. And when the refrigerator needs to get cold, it blows air from the freezer into the refrigerator. So you see these big temperature swings up and down. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what causes your food to go bad. So, so all right. So I don't know if you guys are comfortable talking brands. I am. <laughs> so uh, I think we're talking about Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero. And right. there are, there's other there's luxury brands who do the same thing. Better products. Sub-Zero is the one who started that. So, so we're in, let's say, a luxury conversation of mm -hmm. refrigeration, right? And these columns are anywhere from five thousand to nine thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, for, you could do it for a forty-eight inch for twenty thousand dollars. Sure. So they're they're expensive, right? They're they're not your fifteen hundred dollar refrigerator. But if I'm going to buy food and I get to use it longer and I don't have to throw it out as often, is there any studies out there that say, hey, by doing this, you will save? Well, yes. get more usage. So what what do you save? Like, where's the return, right? Like, if we put geothermal in a house, there's a return. Or if we do solar panels, there's a return. What's the return? Do we <laughs> yeah, um, 
do you remember the number? I've heard the number before. I want to say it's like thirteen hundred dollars a year or something. But my I feel like it's way higher than that. It could be. My brain doesn't remember numbers yeah, like especially that. Especially so. the cost of grocery now, right? Like it's insane. <laughs> but what I will tell you is that it's it's a substantial number yeah. that you save just in the groceries over the life of that refrigerator. Uh, but you also need to keep in mind that those products that are at that price point are manufactured to last for 20 years. Yeah. So, so return on investment is pretty, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Versus a lot of the everyday products are going to last for five to eight years. You know, I mean, yeah. a, a lot of people hate it when I tell them this, when they're making a selection, but like if your laundry dies three, four years from now, I'm going to tell you, it's probably worth it to replace it mm -hmm. over yeah. Buy a new one. And it's hopefully, the same thing for lasts, refrigeration. Hopefully it lasts longer than three or four yeah, years, right? You know, but, but at that point, like you're not that far off of the, ex the expected life cycle of that product Yeah. versus when you're talking about what you're talking about and the return on the investment of that luxury refrigerator that's made to last 20 years, that has dual compressor, dual evaporator. Aside from the food alone, you're probably going to replace three other refrigerators in the amount of time that that refrigerator is going to live. And if that one dies 10 years from now, and I say dies, like something stops working. Yeah. I'm still going to tell you that you're better off taking service on it versus mm -hmm. replacing it. For sure. Heavy expense. I, I know we've had uh, we've had people come and say they've had a, a product for, you know, 20 or 30 years and they want to replace the handle. And, yeah. and that manufacturer, Sub-Zero, did have the handle. Yeah. Right? You can get it. I was like, holy cow, that's kind of crazy. They still have the SKU. They what? still have the product. Um, I had the opportunity to go to a clicking uh, session and learning appliances with um, one of the luxury refrigeration products, and they served lettuce that was 30 days old, oh. like in a refrigerator for 30 days, and you can tell that compared to the day one lettuce, it was that impressive. Yeah. It's nuts. They try to help you days. too with they. I mean, some brands have like cards saying to have it even longer. This is where yeah. you should place it. Like they have it down literally to a science. Yeah. Yeah where to place your food to have it stay the longest. So so if, I, if I'm if i a consumer, I come into All Inc. and I say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for value and I'm looking for education, I can get all that at All Inc., right? Absolutely. Okay, great. Roof to Curb is sponsored by Will Anderson Insurance. I want you to try a quick exercise for me. Think of your insurance person. Okay, can you picture them? It's probably some person from high school or the old neighborhood that you no longer keep in touch with. Insurance is too important for the status quo. Isn't it time you switch to one of the best? Will Anderson can help you with all of your home, auto, and commercial insurance needs. He'll give you a fair solution. He'll be there to pick up the phone when you need him most, and he'll explain a complicated business like he's reading a children's book. Reach out to Will Anderson, and we bet you he'll save money too. Call or text Will for a quote at 612-361-7283 or visit willandersonagency.com. What else about refrigeration? Like, I think the shapes have changed. I think the colors have changed. I think the interiors, you know, speak to that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. The lighting. Um, yeah, lighting. Yeah. Yeah, now they have, like, stadium lighting that will, like, amp up when you open it. Um, interiors even, like, to have. Like stadium, like there's like a, a scoreboard in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> kind of. Wild. Says Michelle's winning. <laughs> or for me, there are ones now that have nighttime mode. So for the snackers yeah. at 2 a.m., like, Nachos. literally you yeah. open it. <laughs> yeah. Todd knows too much. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, what, what kind of pizza is in Michelle's refrigerator? That's how I know. 
Um, it's called Aloha, smoking Aloha. So it's basically like the pineapple and the meats and everything, but it has to have lots of jalapenos. Got it. Extra spicy, and just like it only be, I heard it. It tastes better at certain points of the oh, day. Oh yeah, definitely at three a.m. Yeah. versus any other Big time. Family. It's clutch. So you got lighting. You got stadium lighting. Uh, there's some LED lighting. I've seen products where you actually take shelves out, and you put yeah. the shelf back in, and the the light is still good on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so magnetics, right? Yeah, it's yeah. done via magnetics, and you know what? It, some of this stuff, you're like, man, how did it take people so long to figure this out? That you put the lighting at the top of the refrigerator, and then you fill the food, the refrigerator with food, and there's no longer light going to the stuff that's <laughs> yep. on the bottom. Here's my dark refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, and but that was just kind of the standard. People never thought anything different until somebody entered the market and said, hey, we can put the lighting on the shelf, and you can put yeah. it any place, and now you can actually see. I do think that the interiors of refrigeration and the changes and like the enhancements, like all of a sudden refrigerators became sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's not just like, oh, it's just this white plastic thing mm-hmm. in here. Now it's like stainless and lighting mm-hmm. and the just the adjustments of yeah. refrigerators. Well, and but a lot of what you're speaking to, and it spans across appliances entirely, is and you being in the construction industry for as long as you have, you've seen this change. The level of consumer expectation. Has completely changed from where it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and even more since prior to that. Where now, like the expectation is that it's a panel ready built in refrigerator and you open the doors and you're gonna be wowed. Mm-hmm. So, is it's, that crazy? Like, I, I'm just getting the ketchup, but I really want to be wowed when I get the ketchup. Yeah. But it looks <laughs> right? so much better, too. Yeah. You, like, yeah. want to eat everything in there. I'm like, God, that apple looks really good. <laughs> no. And it that hasn't spanned all markets uh, because you still have uh, volume home builders who need to meet a certain price point. Mm-hmm. All right. So those appliances have naturally gotten nicer within a similar price point. And obviously, pricing goes up as time goes on. But you haven't seen as substantial of a change there. But when you jump up into the luxury market, like, you know, I, I remember like a $40,000 package was like, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I was like, heck yeah, $40,000 package. Yeah, big deal. You know, now That's somebody even... building a luxury home, they're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. Like now we get excited oh, about $150,000 yeah. to $200,000 yeah. packages well, versus that wasn't even fathomable. Before and it's because of that level of what people think is going to fit in, like, you know, are they going to have that panel ready refrigerator? Are they going to have two of them with the LED lighting that makes you feel good? Like, that's kind of become what people are asking for when they walk in the door. Now. Yeah, and how about how about spaces? Right, the mm-hmm. expectation of spaces in a home that have some type of appliance. Yes. So you got your kitchen, you've got some type of dry bar, you've got a wet bar, you've got. Uh, refrigeration drawers, huh? right? Freezer drawers, like in lower level bars, those kind of things. Pantry, outdoor Pantry, kitchen. Outdoor kitchens. Like, and now people aren't working from home. So like yeah. they're literally putting their coffee maker in an under counter in their office. Oh. Outdoors become yeah. huge too, even or, in Minnesota. I think the trend that's that's really booming and it's it's been there, but I think it's really becoming more of a focus and it's a result of, Michelle, what you just said, where people are working from home more. But they don't want to lose the feel of the the morning and the nighttime routine, right? Mm-hmm. And where I'm going with it is the cafe and the and the master, right? Yeah. And the primary, and more in the spa type area. So we're definitely talking more of a luxury build. We're definitely talking more money that's being invested into that bathroom. But when you start looking at time spent, 
in both those spaces in the AM and PM, it's pretty impressive. And then you tie it back into what you just said, coffee, juice, water, uh, people with medications. I don't mm-hmm. want to go from, especially at nighttime, I don't want to go from upstairs, downstairs, mm-hmm. and back and forth. I want to be able to just open up a door and have a, a chilled water there or yeah. whatever it might be, right? Skincare or, products. Now people spend so much products, money products with refrigeration, yeah. right? So, uh, and those products aren't cheap. No. You know, I mean, it's not your... Uh, I don't know what the they're not. They're are. not sitting from Target on your <laughs> countertop. Let me tell you that. Yeah, no. So, um, but it's it's crazy just to see the impacts and the evolution of what that is. So, you know, when you get to a seventy-five or hundred or two hundred or even three hundred thousand dollar package, it doesn't take real long. And we really haven't even talked outdoor cooking. So the specialties of outdoor cooking have changed immensely, right? Oh, yeah. Dedicated pieces for dedicated cooking. And people are spending more time in the home, hosting more. Well, it's more of an experience. So mm-hmm. let's let's talk about it. It's not uh, it's not your thirty inch grill with two burners anymore, right? So what are you guys seeing that's fun and exciting with outdoor cooking? Go. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> not the hot dog roller. No, no, <laughs> no. But you know, like to your point, you, like it's gotten much more specific. Where now. You can grill on gas. You can cook on charcoal. You can cook on wood. You can cook on a lump charcoal wood fire. Sure. Smokers with pellet smokers. Yeah. Flavor. Um, all the different flavors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's it, so many more options are out there now to accomplish those various things. And it's it's not that different from inside your house where there, there are outdoor and indoor cooking products that do it for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. I have a smoker on my patio right now. Yeah. The only reason why I have that smoker is because I essentially tell it what to do on an app and it does it for me and tells me when it's done. So eight hours later, you got the brisket or yeah. 14 hours later, exactly. you got the brisket. I am not the kind of person who's going to like look up the recipe and yeah. do it all. It's not me. But on the flip side. You're not spraying the apple cider. I'm, I'm, not oh, I'm just not going to. It's not me. You know, <laughs> That's but my family. Not yeah. me. <laughs> but there's people who still want to do that too. So like yeah. even it's not even like only the fancy luxury products do this. There are some absolutely incredible high-end products that are still entirely manual, but provide an amazing cooking experience. So like you're talking about a gaucho grill, that's a huge bed of fire that has gears and wheels on it. So you can raise and lower your food, how close to that fire you want to be, right? It's It's entirely manual. To create the texture. Yeah. You better know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. But so it's not like it's, oh, all the fancy stuff does this yeah that's not the case they the the options have expanded so vast now that it's really a matter of like how do you cook what do you want to be able to do what can you fit some people want a really nice outdoor cooking experience they only have room for one product and now they're making products that do all of those things Mm -hmm. yeah the evolution of griddles and griddle size Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy right it's not the campfire 12 inch skillet anymore now it's these you know 30 36 and 40s right all those and then you got rotisseries yeah. that are in grills. Then you've got smokers, and that comes with a whole nother conversation. Yeah, like like so now we have yeah. pizza ovens that pizza people ovens. buy because, like, yeah. you can't put your pizza on the grill like normal. Right. And those, I mean, pizza ovens, like you, you can mass produce twelve yeah. pizzas. Well, like, it takes about three minutes to cook a yeah. pizza. It's right. Right. But and then, I mean, it's a fun activity, right? Yeah. But it, again, it kind of goes back to the same thing as the inside of the house, like. How is that customer living? 
like where mm-hmm. where I see the most pizza ovens sold are for families who like to entertain. Maybe they have like yeah. a pool and they have a lot of people over and it's fun for them to bring the family together and everybody makes their own individual size pizza and it yeah. only takes three minutes to cook. Like that's a fun experience yeah, for, a, you it's know. A, it's a break in the it's action. Nice. Let's take a little break. Let's have some fun. Make what you want. Yeah, yeah. So like, what are, what are your goals? You know, yeah. we, we have some customers who buy like a relatively affordable grill and will buy an absolutely insane outdoor pizza oven because they have that vision that like, that's how, yeah. that's what they're going to do with or, their family. Or, or vice versa, right? All right. the yeah. top pizza ovens, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, so it's, it's crazy. When you're, when you're building a new house, it's like, how, how do you envision yourself living? Like, what are you going to do in this house? And then. Now, it used to just be these things cook, these things keep stuff cold. Now it's like, how does this actually play in to how you see yourself living? It's lifestyle. Yeah, Ross, that's a great point of, you know, I don't know how many people truly focus on lifestyle and appliances and the appliances and the impact that it makes on your household, but you truly can have that, you know, which you couldn't have that before. So the evolution is is pretty good. we talked a little bit about outdoor cooking. We talked indoor and refrigeration. How about specialty devices? We talked about coffee makers, but yeah. what are what are these specialty devices that we're seeing? Coffee makers is one. It's not mm-hmm. your tabletop anymore. What is it, Michelle? Well, even in that last model of yours that we did with the wines, yeah. like, again, it's the way that you're living. Could you just open up a bottle of wine and leave it and, mm-hmm. like, have another time? People are investing and spending so much on this that they want to enjoy it, and it can keep it for months to come. Yeah, so what Michelle's speaking about is, uh, you know, everyone's got, like, wine columns and wine refrigeration, but uh, there's a product out there that it's wine dispensing, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like your beer tap, only wine tap, and you yeah. got a red, you got a white. It can be a two-bottle, four-bottle, six-bottle, whatever number of bottles you want, but CO2 to it keeps yep. it fresh, and, you know, if it's... The uh, options are crazy. You know, what, what, time, what time can you start tapping the wine, Michelle? What... Is there a limit to that? Good is there question. a time? Is there a timer on like that? How long? No. <laughs> or are you no, saying no. like how long what, is it going to take yeah, me? What, Am what I time does Michelle start drinking? I'm, yeah, what I'm going after? <laughs> right now, never. But so, so 3 a.m. with the pizza. Yeah. What time with it has the wine? To hit five. <laughs> we, we we have some goals five PM. that we need to hit before that. I, I'm not yeah. going to assume you said 5 a.m. I'm going to say yeah, 5 no, no, no. PM. I'm going. BS. <laughs> but but what a great deal, right? You you don't have to go through a corking deal and it's you know a decanter and whatever. But um, so that's one of them, right? We got the wine. What else? We got beer taps. What else is new and exciting? What else comes on the tabletop? What else for that experience? Well, you mentioned coffee, and that that is actually one of the largest ones. Yeah, right. but but built-in makers, right? And, and yes, it's not just a coffee maker. No, you it's... can make many things with it, right, Ross? Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, I mean, like it'll if Todd likes his espresso one way and yeah. Michelle likes hers another way, it'll save how you both like yours. So that every time you hit that machine and hit Todd's espresso or Todd's right. cappuccino, it does it exactly how you want. Can you put like a little fancy R on top? No, that's no, not possible that's yet. Possible yet. <laughs> but, but you so, can save it with your name, though. <laughs> which is kind of cool. So you got coffee, espresso. What else? I know there's more. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit different, but steam ovens. Steam ovens, yeah. yeah. Best thing that, too. Um, it, there's been a, a really substantial increase in the purchase of steam ovens. So which ties back into cleaning, cleaner cooking. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, cleaner and, in a lot of cases, better cooking, like... You know, if you're not a true chef like me, right, or like I'm not a true chef, um, one of the biggest fear is always drying out your food. Cooking with steam, you're putting moisture into the food. Yep. 
Right. So now you can make popovers. I know. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank God my casserole will be so good. <laughs> Cross heavy croissant. Yeah. I moved here from Florida. I had never heard of a casserole in my life yeah. oh, until really? I moved to Minnesota. Casserole, hot dish, these like <laughs> jello oh. salad things. I went to my I went to my wife's grandmother's house and she was like, Oh, grab some salad. I, there was like nothing but jello stuff on the table. And it's I was like, like Who are Where's these people? The salad? Yeah. Just, is that the protein? Yes. There's protein in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Uh, Tangent. <laughs> so I, I think there's just so many ways to get that experience and that host and, and how do you want to live from a, a cleaning, you know, cooking wise, fresh food, uh, amazing food with probes that you can, you can be a professional chef overnight mm -hmm. by purchasing a product and following a display, right? Um, about four, I'm going to say about four or five years ago, I went over to the International Builder Show, and Ross, we were just talking about that earlier, you know, world's biggest show for, for construction. And it was all about Alexis, right? It was all about voice activated. It was mm -hmm. all about heavy technology. And, you know, there's some manufacturers that are, you know, they got TVs on the display, the, the refrigerator and whatnot. But they were, uh, they were, they had a, a vehicle in their booth and it was allowing people to remotely run their cooking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, so you tell me I'm coming back from the baseball game, and uh, I'm like, oh, I can get the oven on, right? So I can turn the oven on, but there's no food in it. Or people would leave it, and it would refrigerate it until it's ready to cook. So that was kind of crazy. And I just, I really haven't seen it, like, get legs, but Alexis was a big part at one point, and I, I don't really know where it's at today, you know, from voice activation and um, some of the remote access. Have you guys seen that? Is that catching on? Is it uh, it's kind of slowing down? It's gone away? I feel like they're trying. Like yeah. they're trying to get there and you can do things from your phone. The hard thing with appliances is just the safety features. So yeah. I'm coming home from swimming lessons and I want to turn on the oven because I'm like, crap. But you can't turn it on on your phone unless it's actually set to the correct mode because otherwise I could turn it on and have a child at home that opens it up and whatever happens. Yeah. So I get why they do it, but I feel like they're not quite there yet yeah i would yeah. say they have knock to open features like in a dishwasher and whatnot now so sure. you don't actually have to pull or literally with refrigeration or um freezing like you can bump it with your hip and you have your huge costco lug that you brought in then it'll open up for you so i think there's features like that yes. that are more often used than the apps and whatnot but with the cooking they're getting. There. Yeah. Or the one touch features, right? Totally. All those kind of I things. think a lot of it they're just still figuring out. So it's not to me it's not that different than like when we talk about like is there gonna be a day where Tesla has the entire city running on cars that don't have drivers in them? And like how's the liability on that work? What's it look like in that? Something on the news that said they uh they need to relook at some of that. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> they tested yeah. it in Vegas, it didn't go well. But the thing yeah, is I think that it goes well actually in Vegas. They're uh the brands are trying to introduce things to the products that make people's lives easier. Mm -hmm. And they're finding that some make sense to your point about my prime ribs done and it tells me on my phone. That's helpful to people. Yeah. There are some people who ask, can I start this oven from my phone? Whether they actually do that in practice or not, I don't know. Yeah. One of the biggest things, though, that's different, and this is game-changing in the appliance industry, in my opinion, and will continue to be, is the ability to diagnose and service products remotely. So now- That's huge. That refrigerator, that dishwasher, take your pick, it's connected to Wi-Fi, 
And what if your manufacturer of your refrigerator told you that there was something wrong with your refrigerator before you even knew it? Right. Because it's constantly updating, diagnosing. Just like a vehicle, right? Exactly. Just like, I, I know my maintenance. I know if you know I get a light if something check engine or whatever. Like, yeah, you've got some parts. Well, uh, your Roomba, right? Yeah. And does it with vacuum. Yeah. Right? You know, so or my refrigerator stopped working. Instead of the tech needing to come out and figure out what's wrong with it, then order a part, then come back and do it. More efficient. They could just trips. diagnose it from there and say, oh, looks like your compressor. Hopefully yeah. it's not your compressor, but something else is out. Would you like and service tech to come out with a part? It'll be on Tuesday. It'll take two hours. Mm-hmm. Done. Like, I think that is... Amazing. So there's a lot of these things that are being introduced to the products. And I think that as time goes on, we're learning like, this is really impactful. This isn't. Yeah. What sits in between, what's important to who. So that's, there is still technology going in the product more than ever before, but it's still being refined as far as like, what needs what. Yeah, you throw, you throw some some technology out there, see what sticks, right? And mm-hmm. see what you got to change. And what's... uh Another thing that's interesting is that they're starting to branch this into the multifamily and the apartment replacement world versus like we think about homeowners wanting to know if their stuff's broken. But what if you have a 300 unit building oh. and you're trying to keep track Why of you know Mr. and Mrs. Smith's refrigerator yeah. and unit 421 needs the filter clean. Yeah. Right. So it's branching into having a whole hub for a whole building or a whole property management company who has 10,000 plus all units. All I picture is a big war room of TVs with refrigerators right? lighting yeah. up or ovens lighting up. 402, 719, So that, that's where some of the technology is going now. Yeah. That's, I think it's great. Um, we talked about some specialty stuff and the, one of the last things I want to talk about specialty wise is uh, sous vide cooking, mm-hmm. right? Just clean cooking, water. Um, do you guys get a lot of requests for it? Is that... Is that caught on similar to steam? Is do people embrace sous vide cooking? Do they not? Do they do they know what it is? I feel like people know what it is. It's more a matter of are they willing to lose space on their cooktop or whatnot for that? Yeah. And everyone thinks it's cool. I mean, for busy people, you can literally set it in there. It's technically cooking your steak to the exact temperature mm-hmm. all day. You can leave it for as long as you want. Literally, then you're just tossing it either, you know, on your griddle or in a pan really quickly and finishing it off. But people are like, well, then I don't have those burners. Am I willing to lose that when I can do it on a countertop? It's hard to go from eight to six. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rough life. Go from eight to six burners. You know, I mean, we got big decisions (laughs) to make here. But yeah, you know, and if you go tying it back to professional chefs and high-end cooking, there's a lot of sous vide cooking going on amongst professional chefs. So... You know, it's a it's a cleaner cleaner food. It's uh, it's hard to screw up, right? Totally. Like you get exactly. It's thorough. It's keeps everything in. It's it's pretty cool. But um, let's finish off with good, better, best. So if you're the consumer and uh, you're trying to work through products, and you know we want some bells and whistles. We want to live live clean living. We want to have some good experiences. What are what are the good, better, best products out there? You know, what what should I look at if I'm coming in, Michelle? What would be your opinion? Depends on the product. I guess it depends on what you're looking for. Like we were already kind of touched on refrigeration and whatnot. Like, is that important to you to not see the refrigerator and to have something that lasts that long? Um, for laundry right now, like, I guess the thing that has kind of amped up is like for people that are height challenged, they ha- now have entire towers instead of stacking your laundry and the controls are way up on the top. 
it's in the middle and it's life changing for people um, that have had something different before that. Um, help me, Ross. Yeah, well, I think it's it's hard to say brand wise. Generally yeah. speaking, we got some luxury products. Yeah. We got some moderate. We yeah. got some base products. So like, there's, there's where, stuff where would in I between. guide me a little bit so I'm not uh, surfing online? Yeah, exactly. So. Um, what are where are luxury brands? What where are those? At? If you're starting at the top, you're talking about and forgive me if my, I miss some, but you're talking about Wolf Sub Zero. Okay. You're talking about Thermidor. You're kept talking about Mila, G Imanogram, Gen Air. Um, you know, and if you go even above that, you're talking about like the Lockhorn Osa. Lockhorn, sure. Yeah. SKS. <clears throat> SKS is there. Thank you. Um, and then if you were to come down a level from there you're talking about um KitchenAid you're talking about Fisher Paykel and they kind of span that like right on the edge mm -hmm. of luxury to um mass premium is what we call it sure so and in the mass premium you're talking about the KitchenAid you're talking about GE Cafe you're talking about LG Studio um any Electrolux the, any of the pro lines some of the brands have a pro exactly mm -hmm. that and that's the thing where like these areas do get really great because GE is a brand. GE makes a very basic model, and then they make GE Cafe, which really goes towards the top of mass premium and almost into luxury. Yeah. Um, and then, so in our world, we kind of talk about the mass brands, mass premium, which are those ones that I just mentioned, and then the luxury. And there, it's not often that luxury steps anywhere down but it's very common that Stagger. mass brands and mass premium, a lot of them are the same companies that kind of fit someplace in sure. between, depending on what product you're talking about. Yeah, it's a so, Toyota Lexus conversation, yes, right? Exactly, exactly. And the look, the features change throughout there. Sometimes the manufacturing changes within there, but what ultimately, there's normally something that drives a selection. So there's normally one piece or multiple pieces that will drive a selection towards a certain brand or towards a certain price point. So that might be somebody saying, I want a panel ready refrigerator. If you want a panel ready refrigerator that looks good, you need to go to the luxury. Yeah. Or the high end of the mass premium. Okay. There's no basic or lower end of that. That allows that. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody might walk in and say, you know what? I don't need anything fancy. I just want basic stuff, but I want a 36-inch range. Oh. None of the mass brands make that 36-inch range at an affordable price point. Can, so, I get, can I get mass brands with probes? Yes. Right? Yes. So you don't have to spend crazy luxury, exactly. luxury brands to get probes so I can have no. a cooking experience. No, not at all. I mean, but I but I probably clean. have to get to luxury brands to get the quality of refrigeration that we spoke. Yes. About. Okay. Yes. So there's and sometimes it just comes down to size. That somebody says, "I want this big of a refrigerator of a range." Here are the two brands that make it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, are these things negotiable or not? Yeah. Because if this is what you need, this is the direction we're going. Sure. So there's normally something that's a driving force besides just the dollars mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that make where a customer falls into that segment lineup happen. Yeah, it's it's lifestyle and uh, experience that you want by using and engaging that product, right? So, 
Well, great. All Inc., located down on Plato Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota, been around since 1946, started by Sherman Rutzik. <laughs> So, which is, which is a great, I didn't realize, I, I, I was always wondering if, uh, there was a, an older Rutzik involved and, uh, you solved that for me today. So Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time today. Ross, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I'd, I'd love to put you guys on the spot and say, if you're buying a product today, what would you buy? We'll, we'll save that. Another day. Yeah. Another day. After I'd like to turn off. That's, <laughs> that's roof to curb. Thanks for coming out. Uh, Thanks for having you. us.